a sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praise as he hears.
search the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise And treasures that fade Are never enough And you came along And put me back
Lord, we just come to you right now and we thank you. We thank you that you are the Father. You are the Son. You are the Holy Spirit. And God, in this time when we're trying to worship you and we're trying to be in this moment, we thank you that there is a Holy Spirit that can be here with us in our homes, in our hearts, in our lives on a daily basis. We thank you, Lord, that you didn't just take your son and and go back to heaven and leave us alone here on earth. You left that Holy Spirit with us so that we could be able to have someone to comfort us, guide us, direct us. You are that Father, and we thank you. You are that King of Kings, and we just thank you for being that in our lives because you are totally in control, and we love you, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, and welcome to South Point Online. If this is your first time joining us, I would like to invite you to fill out our next step card by texting the word CONNECT to our text to church number on the bottom of the screen. This is a hassle-free way to let us know you are here and receive a handwritten card giving you a little more information on how you can connect at South Point now and when we're all back together. If you call South Point your home, I'd like to remind you of your tithes and offerings. Our three ways to give are on the bottom of the screen. Proverbs 11:25 says, those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. We want to thank everyone for continuing to be irrationally generous during this time of separation. While we are meeting virtually, we want to help you to connect. Each week, the Dream Team and group leaders are hosting Zoom lobbies. Just like a normal Sunday morning, we are meeting 15 minutes before each of our services so that we can catch up and have a face-to-face conversation while we are social distancing. If you haven't been to a Zoom lobby yet, be sure to reach out to your team or group leader to find out what time they are hosting a lobby. If you are not in a group or on a team, text the word Zoom to our text to church number or visit our website and click the link on the homepage to sign up for a virtual lobby. To keep up with all of the latest news, be sure to follow us on the website and all social media platforms. everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and worshiping with us here at South Point Church. I know that right now you have a lot of different church options and they're all just a click away. So honestly, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us and hopefully we can all learn and grow together. Today, if you're keeping track, today is week number six. Yes, Sunday number six that we are doing church in this virtual session, this virtual setting. And man, if you're like me, I was hoping that it was going to be over, what, four weeks ago? You know, two weeks doing this self-containment thing and then we're done. And uh, it seems like every single, every single added day just adds a little bit more stress, a little bit more issues, a little bit more just piling on. I mean, some of you, some of you, let's be honest, you're with your kids. You've been with your kids for six weeks straight now. Six, 
six weeks. Some of you didn't even realize you had that many kids. Like your husbands, you, you're there and you're like, hi, hi, Martha, who, who's that random kid over there? Who's he? And she's like, that's Jaquan. He's your third son. You know that. Tell him you love him. Oh, okay. You, you're, you're finding that you have more kids than you even realize. But a lot of us, there's a lot of loss going on too, that we have a, a loss of free time, a loss of freedom, a loss of um, um, entertainment. There's just a loss of um, even coming to church as we know it, a loss. Some of you might have lost your jobs. And with, with every level of loss, it, it pushes us into this, the, a, a situation where we're all experiencing really trauma. And I know that's, that sounds like a harsh term, trauma, but Anytime we go through something like this together, collectively, we all suffer some trauma. And, and here's the deal with trauma. Trauma always, always realigns your life. A trauma, trauma, anything traumatic, will always put your life on a different trajectory. And so we want to make sure that our trajectory after this loss, after this trauma, after this, this feelings of grief that we've got going on, that we're going to be in the right direction. We're going to be headed in the right, on the right path. Now, I don't like it. Nobody likes it. Nobody's like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. No, none of us like it because most of you are like me in the sense that we're Americans, right? And as Americans, we want everything to be up and to the right. We want everything to grow. We want everything to be successful. We want our, our bank accounts to grow, our relationships to grow and be more fulfilled. We want our, our churches to grow. I want the church to grow. And so the, the problem right now is... We're wired like that. We want things to grow and be successful, yet we're in a time and a season where you're not, there is no growth. We're actually pretty much all in the same decline. We're, we're in a moment, at the very best, we're in a holding pattern, but most of us are declining in some area or another. And the deal is, there, there's not going to be a quick fix. I, I know you might want to hear me say, oh, in three days, it'll, you know, flip a switch and we're going to go back to normal. And listen, that's just not how this is going to happen. Normal is gone forever. There's going to be a new normal that comes, but it's going to be a process. And so that's really one reason I'm sitting in a living room wanting to address you, just sitting down, talking to you, because um, I, I just didn't feel like I needed to preach to you or preach at you. I just wanted to talk to you for just a few minutes and see if we can all, I feel like we all need to reboot a little bit. Um, we need to reboot our operating system, the way we process things, the way we think about things. And I feel like we need to do something that's countercultural. Most people are running from this or trying to get out of it as soon as possible. I feel like the wise way right here is to actually embrace I know, I, I know, you're not going to like this, but just hear me out, okay? I think we need to embrace the trauma and we need to embrace the loss and grow in it and grow through it. Um, when, when we talk about loss and grief and, and trauma, here's the deal. You have, right now you have two camps of people. You have the one group of people that are completely ignoring it. It's like, nope, stay busy, stay busy, keep working, keep working. Do everything to make sure I don't think about or have to process what's really going on. I just want to keep going and I'll get back to normal as soon as possible. And then you have another group of people that are so into their feelings that they can hardly do anything because they're just... They're just all, you know, like Eeyore from, from Winnie the Pooh. They're just like, all in their feelings. And 
neither one of those is a healthy place and neither one of those is a biblical place. And so what we need is balance. We need to find a balance in this. And so for the next couple minutes here, I want to share with you three phases of, of how we go through loss, grief, trauma, whatever word you want to put on that. Um, and I'm saying phases. So if you're, if you're in the video game mindset, this is not a level up process. It's not like you complete level one and move on to level two, complete level two, move on. It's not like these are phases. And so Phases, they're going to overlap. And when we talk about these, you're going to see a lot of overlapping things in your life. And that's okay. That's, that's how it is, all right? So here's how we find balance. The first thing to find balance in, in all of this, in the trauma and in the loss, is this. And you can write it down or type it in your computer or whatever you want to do. And it's pay attention. You need to pay attention to your feelings. You, you need to pay attention. And I know, man, especially dudes, okay, we don't like to pay attention to our feelings. Well, here's what most of us do. We've been taught that sad is bad, like a sad emotion, anything on the negative side, it's bad. And so what we're conditioned to do is we numb those feelings. Bad feelings come up, whether it's during this pandemic time or any other time in life. And what we do is the minute we start feeling a sad feeling, we numb it, right? We numb it with entertainment. We numb it with sports. We numb it with social media, shopping, or then you can dive into the other ones like alcohol and drugs and those types of things. But we do things to numb these feelings rather than dealing with them. And the Bible doesn't teach to numb feelings. In fact, especially sad feelings, the Bible talks about the exact opposite. So in the Old Testament, there's this dude named King David. And King David was not just a warrior and a manly man. I mean, he was all of that. He was also a poet and a writer. And he wrote most of the Psalms, the book of Psalms. David wrote most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And two-thirds, get this, two-thirds of the psalms that David wrote are actually laments, laments. And then you got another guy named Jeremiah. There's a book in the Bible in the Old Testament called Jeremiah, and that's pretty lamenting all by itself. But to top that, Jeremiah wrote a book in the Bible called Lamentations. So if you're having a really good day and you want to read something to depress you, Lamentations is your book. It'll, it'll bring you right down. But lamentations is, a lament is an emotional, an, an emotional expression on trying to put a handle on extreme grief. And that's what, the, that's what we see in the Bible. We see these men that are taking, they, they, they write a lament or they, they lament something where they're looking at a circumstance, and this relates to where we are, they're looking at a circumstance that appears to no longer have the presence of God in it at all. And they don't ignore it or push it to the side. They pull it out and they talk about it and they process it. Lamentations is, is one of those things where it's the human response to wrestling with God. Let me give you something to wrestle with because this, this comes up even now. People will say things like, okay, if the pandemic is all over and it's horrible, it's bad, then if God is good and gracious, then why isn't he stepping in? You can say the pandemic is because we live in a fallen world. Okay, okay, but we live in a fallen world. But if God is good and gracious, then why does he not step in and do something to stem back the tide? Okay, don't ignore that. And don't look for a quick little response to that. Don't look for some trite answer on social media. Don't text your pastor and look for a trite answer to that. How about you pull that out and wrestle with it and process it and see what happens. Think about it. Um, Isaiah writes a prophecy about Jesus. And he says this in Isaiah 53.3. 3. 
He says, Jesus was despised and rejected by man. He was a man of deep sorrows who was no stranger to suffering and grief. Now, I want you to think about this. When suffering or grief comes into any of our lives or we see it in a neighbor's life, we think that that is completely detached from being Christ-like. Yet, to be Christ-like, we have to become more familiar with suffering and sorrows. And I know that's not a popular conversation. That's why I'm sitting down in your living room telling you this. We have to become more associated with suffering and sorrow if we want to mature and grow like Christ. Look, look at what sorrow and suffering actually did for Jesus. We see it in Hebrews 5.8. He says, um, but even though Jesus was a wonderful son, he learned to listen and obey through all his sufferings. What, what, are you, what, what are you suffering with right now? And whatever you're dealing with, whatever this pandemic is bringing out of you and putting in your home, get, get this. What can you learn from that? What, how can you learn to listen to God better? How can you learn to, to be more obedient? I think this is a time where God is trying to teach all of us to listen to him better, to obey him more, and to become more Christ-like. But what most of us do, and we can't do this, we try to bury our feelings. Here, write this down, okay? Unprocessed feelings don't die. They just get buried alive. Unprocessed feelings don't die. They get buried alive. And it's like they come back. You bury those feelings, but they come back like, do you guys remember the old, old movie, um, the Stephen King movie, Pet Cemetery? <laughs> you remember that? Where if, you, if you're not familiar with it, I'm not recommending it. I'm just saying, yeah, I've seen it. So they would take their dead pets and they would dare, bury them in this pet cemetery. And then those pets would come back to life, but they always came back different, right? They, they came back a little crazier, a little more vicious and all that. And so we bury our feelings and we think they're dead. They're not dead. You've buried them alive, but they come back in our lives and we experience these buried feelings through things like panic attacks, depression, as crazy as it may sound, maybe irritable bowel syndrome or anxiety or sarcasm or defensiveness. And, and we, we see these things and those are the things that people are experiencing. Those are the things that you're seeing in your home right now. Those are the things you're seeing in relationships. And the deal is, those things are just those buried feelings that have come back to life in a different way. We have to process our feelings. You need to write your feelings down. You need to journal them. You need to deal with feelings, not just try to bury them. If you don't like the pet cemetery idea, if you don't like the idea of the whole cemetery thing, then how about this? Um, think of your feelings as kids. You, you can't lock your kids in the closet forever. You, you eventually have to take them out and feed them, right? And so you can't leave them locked in a closet. You can't bring them out and let them run the house either. They're not in charge. So what do you have to do? Bring them out of the closet, feed them, take care of them, but also discipline them and keep them in line. Our feelings are not meant to be buried. They need to be disciplined and brought into line. And man, we have to pay attention. That's phase one. We have to pay attention to our feelings. Okay. Here's the second phase. Are you ready for the second phase? You got the first phase. You got it all figured out, right? Okay, here's the second phase. And again, there's overlap. They kind of go together. They're dovetailed. But here, here's the second phase. And the second phase is this. It's we got to wait on God. We have to wait on God. And I was saying that with a huge smile on my face because if you know me, you hear me joke about how impatient I am all the time. And I joke about it because it's, 
It's real. I am probably one of the most impatient people <laughs> you will ever meet. And you might say, oh, I don't see it. Then you don't work with me or live with me. That's the truth. I'm very impatient. Um, but I joke about it, but it's also something very real in my life that I am genuinely trying to work through and get better at. I'm so bad, let me, I'll just confess. I'm so bad that when I'm talking to somebody, even if it's you, if I feel like you're taking too long in telling a story or too long in telling me something, I mentally click off and start thinking about something else. How horrible is that, right? I'm so impatient and I have to work through that. So when I say we have to wait on God, listen, I'm, I'm in the front of the line saying this is the hardest thing for me. But we have to learn to wait on God because when we're not waiting on God, what we're doing is we're still trying to control things. That's, that's why I'm impatient because I like to control it and make it happen. You can write this down. This is a great line if you want to remember it. This is not the time to control things. This is the time to surrender things. This is not, in what we're going through, do you feel, I'm sure you do, you feel the loss of control. That's why there's so much anger. That's why there's so much problems and people freaking out is because they're losing control of a situation when this is a situation where we don't need to control, we need to surrender. I, th I, think, I think as Americans, one of our biggest addictions is it's not drugs or alcohol or tobacco or wh whatever, whatever you want to do. I think honestly, one of our biggest addictions and the underlying addiction to all of this is control. We want to control our feelings. We want to control the situation. We want to control our environment. And this is one of those times where God is just all up. He's all up in our grill and he's saying, listen, you can't control anything. You can't control it. But if you'll surrender it and let me control it, it'll be on the right path. and It'll be great. And so this is a time to surrender stuff not to control it. Okay, and we have to wait on God to do that. All right, so the first, the first phase here is we need to, we, we really have to pay attention to our feelings, okay? And the second thing that dovetails with that is paying attention to our feelings, we also need to wait on God and surrender things to him in an amazing way. And then the third phase is this. We have to allow the old to birth the new. We have to allow the old to birth the new. Now, nobody skips one and two. No, nobody. Okay, even Jesus himself, the Son of God, still went through the gauntlet of phase one and two before he got to phase three. We want to skip to phase three. We want the new stuff. Let's just, let's just get on with this. Let's find the new normal. Let's make this thing happen. Let's back to our American mindset up and to the right. Let's be successful instead of processing this. But listen, you have to run the gauntlet of one and two before you ever get to three because processing, man, listen to me right here processing loss and grief is the pathway to a mature walk in Jesus Christ because to the level to the level that you experience and process loss and grief is in direct proportion to the ability you have to step into someone else's difficult situation and show them compassion one of the reasons, one of the reasons right now people are still, and this blows my mind, you're still arguing about whether we should even be doing social distancing, or you're still arguing about whether we should have church or not, or you're still arguing about this or that, or blah, 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 blah. The reason you're still arguing about that is because you're still in phase one and you haven't processed your feelings and your emotions with what's going on. You haven't gotten there. But if we can get through that, listen, we process those things 
And that gives us the ability to then be compassionate and understand other people's trauma, other people's struggle. What if instead, what if, riddle me this, Batman, what if instead of constantly arguing and fighting and processing, what if we start showing love and compassion to other people? Isn't, isn't that really what Jesus has called us to do? Instead of trying to pick fights and argue and debate and all of this stuff, what if we start praying for, loving, and showing compassion to truck drivers, law enforcement, doctors, medical field, the people that work at the grocery stores in Walmart. I was in the grocery store the other day, a couple weeks ago, and I'm in line in the cashier. I start talking to her, and she looked very frazzled. She looked very frazzled. And I could tell that she was just she was very fearful, and I'm like, I, I just thought, I was like, she's still checking stuff out. She's freaking out. And I said, are you okay? And she said, no, I just need to go home. I need to go home. I, I can't be here. I can't be here. And I looked at her, and I was like, why? She said, we're just all going to get sick. We're all going to, and I, I just looked at her, I'm like, and she's still scanning my groceries. And I was like, ma'am, take a deep breath. It's okay. It's okay. Now, and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, no, I don't want your prayers. She wasn't a believer. It's all right. I just said, well, one way or the other, I'm going to pray for you to have a better day. And I did pray for her. But the deal is, take a little bit of time. Instead of just processing all of our own fears, our own emotions, what if we step out of our little phase one and phase two and start using that to step into other people's trauma and showing them love in this time because they need it. I'm telling you, everybody needs it. Now, with that, let me just be, let me just be ooh, real honest here, Okay. Because when we get real with our, when we get real with our pain and our loss and, and that kind of stuff that's in us, here's what it does. You can't get real with your own pain and your own loss and your own struggles without stripping away your own masks and your own monuments. And and so here's here's Pastor Craig. Okay, here here's what I am currently learning about myself in this time and stripping away, and it's that I like. I find pleasure in speaking to a room full of people. I find pleasure in watching people laugh at my jokes because they're funny. I find pleasure at watching people raise their hand to make a decision for Christ. I find pleasure in the interaction. It makes me feel good. Now, you might say, well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm realizing through all of this is that I have elevated that to a place that's probably not the best because my job is not to do things to make me feel good. My job, according to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, is to equip the saints to do the works of the ministry. So whether I'm equipping you through a camera or whether I'm equipping you in the same room, that's the goal. And so we have to strip those things away. We have to let go of something to gain something new. We have to let go of the old to gain the new. Let me read you this scripture and then we'll close our time together. John 12, 24 says this. It says, let me make this clear. And this is Jesus talking. He says, let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat all because one grain died or because one grain was let go of so that it could produce more. What are you holding on to today? today, right now, what's the one thing that you're holding on to tight-fisted? There's a, 
There's an old, I'm going to say it's an old wives' tale because I honestly couldn't track down whether it was real or not. But they say that they used to trap monkeys in the jungle by taking um, a coconut and attaching it, you know, to a tree or whatever. But taking a coconut and then making a really small hole in the top of it, tiny hole, and they would put like a banana or fruits or nuts inside the coconut. And the monkey would come along and a monkey would slide, look in there and see the, the, the treasure. And he would slide his hand in there and he would grab a hold of that banana or those nuts or whatever, whatever was in there. And the hole was just big enough for his hand to slide into. But when he grabbed whatever was in there, his clenched fist made it impossible for him to pull his hand out. Now, all he has to do is let go of what's in there and pull his hand out. But the monkey doesn't do that. The monkey holds on to it, even though he sees the hunter coming, even though he, if he would just let go, he could get away. But he holds on because he, he's holding on to a treasure that he wants so bad, even though he'll never get it. What are you holding on to so bad? It's lost. It might be gone, but you're still holding on to it. Listen, whatever you let go of in Christ, he will take it turn it around and make it one of the greatest treasures of your life. The old really will, will birth the new, but you got to let go and trust him. It's times where we have to process what's going on in us. We have to surrender those things to him and then watch him in the middle of this trauma, in the middle of this struggle, bring something new out of the old things. We just take a minute and I just want to pray for you. And I know before you click away onto another video, just Will you receive this prayer right here this morning? Because I just want to take a minute and just pray for God to do amazing things in you and in your home. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. And Father, even in the middle of this trauma, in the middle of this crisis, in the middle of a pandemic, this historical moment, Lord, I ask that you speak into our lives and into our, into our soul space intimately today. Father, right now, wherever people are sitting, wherever people are watching this, let speak to them where they are on the feelings and the emotions that you are bubbling to the surface and that, that you want them to deal with, you want them to pay attention to. And then, Lord, give us the strength, give us the, the, the anointing and your presence to surrender those things to you. And, Lord, we trust and believe that everything we surrender to you will, in turn, you will take the old, and make it into something new and amazing. And so, Father, we trust in you as we walk into this new area and this new time in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. I love you. We have a resource called Fresh Start that will give you some great next steps in your spiritual journey. We would love to email you a digital copy. If that is something that you're interested in, text the word Fresh Start to our text to church number on the screen. You can also use this number for prayer requests by texting the word 